Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Soap Opera for Dudes Digest, a weekly podcast chronicling the real-life drama, emotion, and heartbreak of a fantasy football league in which we obsess over assigning pretend points to real-life football players. I'm your host, Chris Smith, and each week we talk about the big roster moves, upsets, victories, and defeats from the past week in this league. And, of course, we'll cover the side bets and any other shenanigans the managers get up to and what we're looking forward to this coming football weekend. Well, here we go. Uh, We are in week eight, question mark? Time is weird right now. What what week even is it? Uh, no, no, we're week nine happened. My notes are out of date. It is week nine already in the in the bin. Uh, we're heading into week ten, so let's talk about week nine. I am sorry for the number mix up. Uh, week nine. Uh, you know we we played some fantasy football and I lost. <laughs> Derek beat me, one hundred and nine to seventy six. Uh, Deshaun Watson continues to do the work uh, for Derek with twenty eight nice points, and he has James Robinson's fifteen for the Jags. It was not bad either for my man Derek. He also got twenty points from the New Orleans D on Sunday night over Tom Brady, uh, and. And, uh, and his bucks. So that was just extra points, making it look good. Congrats, Derek. Um, on my side, aside from pretty pretty good wide receiver showings, not great. Uh, my roster kind of disappointed again. And uh, uh, sneak preview, it's not looking great for me this week either. But Derek, I, uh, I owe you a care package, and we will talk about that uh, in the side bet section. So Glenn uh, beat Matt 88-72. to Glenn's saving grace was Christian McCaffrey being back in action, who racked up 26 points for the team. Uh, got hurt, apparently, in the fourth quarter, but uh, still got some great points for the team. Also, Will Fuller continues to be consistently good for Glenn with another 16 points. Wasn't the best week uh, for Glenn, you know, below his average score, but it was enough to beat Matt, who was below projections uh, nearly across the board. Uh, you know, it wasn't a great week for Russell Wilson against Buffalo, and Alvin Kamara, I guess, didn't need to be great against the Bucks. So, um, you know, 72, again, also below his average, So, uh, but competitive, and, uh, you know, you'll get him next week, I'm sure. Or this next week. Uh, Craig continued his uh, winning ways with a narrow win over Beach. Beach almost had it. Um, so apparently, even without a big week from Derrick Henry, Craig had a pretty solid team, guys. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was okay, but Christian Kirk was absolutely fantastic. And, of course, Craig has the Baltimore D, which has just been a force. Um, but Beach did make it a close one. So Jerry Judy, a recent pickup, um, I'm so jealous. Jerry Judy did nothing for me when I had him for, like, multiple weeks, and he just, like, shows up for Beach. So good job. And Justin Herbert continues his uh, his hot streak so 96-93, real close game. You know, uh, your players played well, Beach. You just gotta, you gotta chalk it up to a loss this time, but uh, but well played. Uh, big week for Scott. He beat Drew 135 to 104. Wow, Scott. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers is this good, you know, Scott hardly needs anyone else except he did because Dalvin Cook scored like 42 points. So yeah, between uh, those two. Uh, NFC North stars, you really don't need much else. Uh, weirdly, also, the um, New York Giants defense that Scott picked up was really good because they played Washington, uh, who's really, really, really bad. Uh, Drew lost, sure, but he had a good game from Big Ben and Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf in garbage time, so, you know, onwards and upwards. You're getting over 100 points. Not bad at all. 
Uh, speaking of over 100 points, Colin had a nice win over Pete with 113 to 79. So, uh, you know, listen, Colin's back on his Kyler Murray grind. Kyler is doing great things for Colin's team. Um, Kyler had 43 points in our format for him, which is a lot of points. Also, Tyreek Hill with 23, which Tyreek Hill, for being as streaky as he was in the past year, has just been so consistently good this year. And Colin is reaping the benefits. Uh, Pete had a good game from Matt Ryan and also from Marvin Jones with Kenny Galladay out. But the uh, rest of his roster didn't really shine the way it would need to do to beat Kyler Murray and the the Kyler Murray Kyler Murrays. Uh, Tom won out over John with 104 to 95. Another competitive game. Uh, welcome back, Josh Allen. You know, it's always good to get right when you play against Seattle and the worst defense in the league. 41 points is what Josh Allen dropped for Tom, and that's a get-right game for sure. He also has Terry McLaurin, who's great. Uh, You know, against the Giants, Terry McLaurin was awesome. And uh, Tom also has the Pittsburgh defense. They are never bad. So, good job. Uh, John had a pretty good game, too. I mean, getting up to 95 is no no slouch. Good game from Patrick Mahomes. 20 big points from DJ Chark. And, you know, um, but didn't do as well as Tom. Part of it was Ezekiel Elliott, less than good. And he got a zero from Lev Bell, who he then dropped this week. And so that meant John was behind in the count, but not bad at all. So as the recap, highest score was Scott. The lowest score was Matt. And, uh, and that was that. Um, so thinking about transactions of last week that played into those results, you know, uh, I got a couple of runners up. One of them is just Jerry Judy. Beach added Jerry Judy and dropped Nelson Aguilar. That was awesome. Um, and then Scott added the uh, New York Giants uh, defense. He did so well against Washington for him, got him the win. Uh, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the jealousy bell this week to Jerry Judy and Beige. Um, good job. Transaction of last week or of week eight. Uh, on to the week nine transactions. Uh, no trades this week. Just a lot of waiver wire action. Uh, Matt was the big spender this week, picking up Mike Davis for $17 with Christian McCaffrey out for a week or two, dropping Benny Snell. Um, he beat out my bid and Glenn's bid for that. Uh, Pete picked up Drew Brees for $11 and dropped Joe Burrow. Colin picked up J.D. McKissick for $10, dropping Melvin Gordon. Uh, Matt picked up Philadelphia for 6 dropping Arizona. Pete picked up Carson Wentz for $6, dropping Matt Ryan. Uh, hopefully that works out for you, Pete. Uh, Colin picked up Curtis Samuel for $5, dropping Matt Burita, uh, Byrata. Uh, Derek picked up Michael Badgley, a kicker, dropping Tom Brady. I picked up Jordan Wilkins for 4 bucks, dropping Hollywood Brown, who has done nothing but disappoint me. Uh, Glenn picked up Jacoby Myers for 3 bucks, dropping Cole Beasley. Drew picked up Evan Engram for 2 dropping J.K. Dobbins. Glenn picked up Minnesota for a dollar, dropping Houston. Um, you know, Tom picked up a different kicker, Mason Crosby, who's a very good kicker, dropped the Chicago defense. Uh, I picked up Austin Hooper, dropping Henry Ruggs, who again, has totally disappointed me. And that was over Pete's bid of $0. So, yay, priority, I guess. Um, I also picked up the Green Bay defense. Um, I picked up Jared Goff. They're playing Seattle, so maybe. Who knows? Um, And Beach picked up Daniel Carlson, dropping Matt Prater. Kicker swap. Uh, John picked up Tua. Um, 
He also picked up Duke Johnson and Jason Myers dropping Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Beach picked up Gio Bernard, rolling the dice on Gio, uh, who had done so well for Drew in the past couple weeks, uh, before his bye, I guess, uh, dropping Jamichael Hasty. Again, I just love that name. Uh, Pete picked up Malcolm Brown, dropping Robert Tanyan. Glenn picked up Troy Main Pope, and this one is one LA Chargers running back you don't have to spend money on, so good job. Glenn, uh, dropping Miles Gaskin. Derek picked up Jimmy Graham, dropped Ross Dwelly, and Drew picked up Tom Brady for six bucks, who was dropped uh, by Derek, and he dropped Ronald Jones. So, uh, very good. I want to say transaction of the week. I'm going to give it to Drew. Tom Brady has an awesome playoff schedule, and uh, if he can get right, he has an amazing set of receivers. He'll be fine. I think he'll he'll do fine on, on points. So, uh, good pickup. I think a rest of season pickup for Drew. Uh, well played. Uh, looking ahead to week 10 this time, um, we've got some cool matchups. Uh, I'm, I'm facing Glenn. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a weirdly close one. Uh, I was ahead in the Yahoo projections before the Thursday night game, before A.J. Brown stunk it up just two points. Jordan Wilkins stunk it up just two points. And Goggles Blankenship got me 11 points. So, uh, you know, one out of three is okay. Uh, we've got Derek versus Tom, or sorry, Matt versus Tom, Beach versus Derek, uh, Scott versus Craig, uh, Colin versus Drew, and let's see, Pete versus John. All right. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I mean, like, for instance, Drew versus Colin. I mean, Colin is eight and one. But Drew is four and five, but ahead in that projection, he might be be fighting his way back, right? And uh, you know, Beach versus Derek looks real close. Um, Matt versus Tom may be close. It just depends on how much Matt's roster disappoints him again. Ha ha. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Fun fun football matchups this week. Um, you know, and and of course the the Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Jets are all on a bye. Um, so when the Chiefs are on a bye, um, there's a lot less offense for a few people to play off of. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Side bet sidebar. We saw it in the chat. We saw the YouTube link. But Matt, uh, special shout out. Two bells at least for Matt doing a full four-minute crazy epic rendition of My Way with parody lyrics for his fantasy football team. Uh, well done. Good stamina. I think it's one of those things where at first it's funny and then it's funny just how how committed he is to doing the entire song and uh it was a really really good video um i lost my my matchup last week to Derek, so i owe him a new york based care package uh whatever that means i gotta come up with something and uh matt and glenn uh had a casserole off and glenn won so matt is gonna make him some kind of casserole i love the creativity of the side bets and uh we'll get into that and talk a little bit more about that with Matt, uh, who is our our special guest interviewee of the week. He he's showing up on the show, so we'll talk talk with him in just a few minutes. Um, you know, we sort of have a hashtag emotions corner in that interview, um, so I'm not really going to do that. But I am. Uh, I think I missed it last week, but I'm going to go with gif of the week. Um, and and frankly, I'm going to give it to Derek. Uh, he had an amazing gif of, um, he used it to summarize his season, and I don't really agree with it, but uh, of a, a swing in the snow where the entire arc of the swing is underneath the ground level of the snow, 
and uh, it it looks pretty cool. I don't know. I just stared at that for like so long, and it was really good. So Derek, you get gift of the week. So uh, I hope everybody has a great uh, matchup this week and a great fantasy football day. Enjoying the weekend, enjoying fantasy football. Uh, except of course for my opponent, uh, Glenn. I I I hope that. I have a better one than you do. But uh, please enjoy this interview with Matt, and uh, take care, everybody. Bye. So I'm joined by a special returning guest, uh, our commissioner, Matt. Uh, thanks for being here, Matt. Great to be and, here as always, Chris. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess so. last time we had you on, 2019, you had a pretty good run. Uh, how's your 2020 going so far, fantasy football-wise? It's doing okay. I mean, I feel like I should have a better record than 5-4. and four. I feel like... I should probably be maybe a, a spot up on the on the table or in the standings. Whoa, you're at fourth, looking like you th- should be third, huh? Uh, I feel like my team has underperformed for the level of talent that's on there. Like every player yeah. is actually p- performing fine, but no one's yeah. actually performing really well. And so um, it's you know one of my losses been has been by a point, and Russell Wilson has won me several other games so yeah it just I mean, ends up being a, couple... a little bit of a an odd season yeah. for me yeah i mean i think that unevenness is at least i'm experiencing that on my end i feel like my i have some very high variance players where like every once in a while they could win me a week but a lot of the time they're losing me the week or not performing as well as i'd hoped and um, typically i'll go for a player like in the draft process or in the um or in the free agent market, where I tend to want both a low floor and a sorry, a high floor and a high ceiling. And well, sure. Even that, you know, and I, I would probably also, given that my, you know, I think that I'm a reasonable fantasy football player, but I've had no luck or you know no success in this league. My chief goal, goal now is not to have to do punishment videos. So, ah, okay. So hence, I probably hedge high, uh, high, high floor over high ceiling. Yeah, I was going to ask because if you have to pick one, what are you picking? And you know, certainly with uh, players on your roster that have the volume, like James Conner, like you know Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas. Now that he's back, um, you certainly are set up for that higher floor. Exactly, and I mean, even my bench players tend to have. Reasonably high floors, but whenever I've seen tried to take a gamble this year, whether that be on Alexander Madison or this week with Mike Davis, I have absolutely no faith that they are going to, you know, these are people who have potential high volume for one or two weeks that they're going to step up and do their, you know, and meet their projections. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I've I've approached this season completely the opposite way, thinking that eh, it's more fun to gamble. Let's let's <laughs> throw the dice, and it really has not been working out. So I gotta commend your approach there. Uh, um, I I tried that a, a year or two ago, um, and I just found that I was just so frustrated I wasn't enjoying it. And yeah, this team yeah. at least gives me a ch- you know I, I can go into every week going it's competitive at every position across the board, and that. Yeah, I I don't mind if I lose by a point if I feel like if I lose 110 to 111 because I feel like I've, you know, my boys did everything they could, right? 
And um, yeah, I get frustrated if I get a 72 to 76 loss because that's kind of like, come on, guys, like it's not that hard. <laughs> when really, typically, it probably is actually very hard. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's great that you kind of went into your draft with that approach and and knowing that and like going in mindfully. I think uh, not having a strategy is a great way to really, you know, fail at the draft, <laughs> and that's that's me this year, I guess. Um, yeah, and I guess you know we've we've had some people. You know, Pete went from worst to first to he's in last place again. Um, you know, this might be the year of Craig. Uh, as we see in in just how well his team is performing, or at least how you know his record, Collins up there. Um, you know, what do you what do you think of, of how the league's spread out this year? How the standings are? Who's been uh, really surprising you in a good way this year, or perhaps potential players? Um, I actually think that the the best team in the league this year is is sitting fifth because you you just oh, look yeah? at Drew Drew's roster from top to bottom, and, and with the exception. It's, wild yeah <laughs> and drew dealt, dealt with some injuries early on but was has been able to use his ir slot which i think has been beneficial and i'm um because he's been able to make moves for next week several times or at least a couple yes. of times in advance yes. where um i've been sort of waiting to make the same move until sunday until i made sure that the people on my team who are at high risk for covid like uh, Alvin Kamara was one week, and then mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure there's been a couple of other people that I can't remember uh, who have been at least high risk but have never actually missed a game. I want to make sure that I'm not using a transaction to fill that, you know, uh, oh, yeah. spot, slot and leave myself at risk of w- losing this week. Yeah. No, I'm looking at Drew's roster. I mean, he's got Devontae Adams, who was injured but is now back, and his, you know just putting up you know insane points dk metcalf so his wide receivers are awesome he's got kareem hunt and josh jacobs as his two starting running backs uh and then as backups you know he's got david johnson antonio brown uh debo samuel just tom brady yeah and he just picked up tom brady like yesterday um who has a great playoff schedule and i i look i think rest the rest of the way i'd probably prefer brady to roethlisberger yeah, potentially. Um, he had a pretty down week last week, so you know that is, I mean, that is true. Yeah, there there is some reluctance there, I'm sure. And Cincinnati uh, has kind of a bad secondary, so maybe Roethlisberger is the right choice this time. But uh, yeah, rest of the way. Yeah, rest, <laughs> rest of the way. Of season, it's, it's, I think so. It's an argument. Certainly. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, you know, start of the season, it didn't look like one. So, for someone who went into the season not wanting to make a punishment video, Matt, you just recorded a, a four-minute full parody rendition of My Way, which was absolutely epic. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about what went into that process of the songwriting, how you decided on it, um, you know, and, and just how you got to that level of epicness? Um, basically, I... I I'm kind of mostly, mostly have to avoid the uh, the punishment videos, which involve me ingesting things, and, I, yes. and that's been pretty much common knowledge for the last like three years now. And so, uh-huh. I really appreciate the creative, you know, the creative videos that we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's been great. Yeah, and so 
uh, I think it was you who came up with the idea of a song, and you know, we, we've done that on the sideline. It's at, at Ultimate before. Like Derek sort yes. of took the responsibility of doing that for our team, like probably five or six years ago now, and we we had a good season with that. And yeah, um, I, I wanted a song that people would know, and then um, I just kind of looked for songs that would that would kind of uh, best exemplify my team stinking it up and you know with ease of with ease of lyrics and so that's yes that that's where i decided to go and um and so it just kind of like some of the verses i didn't change at all because i was just so damn appropriate um <laughs> well chosen yeah though. and so I, I i've never seen the lyrics for my way one way top to bottom so was, this this is kind of kind of good and yeah so they're, they're, i was able to tweak kind, it through it's kind of a weird song it, yeah. it is, yeah. I, I've yeah, I've made mistakes my way, and yeah, I, I don't know if I'm celebrating those or if I'm lamenting them. Yeah. Well, perfect fit for fantasy football. Um, yeah. Do you have any uh, any other videos that you've really liked, or or ones that you're kind of looking forward to? I know we have some folks uh, who who owe theoretically punishment videos, although we've gotten a lot softer at enforcing. I'm super interested to see what kind of care package you oh yeah yeah you 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 end up sending to Derek and obviously we'll just see a photo or, or something like that or even a verbal yeah. report would be fine sorry my yeah. dog's sneezing in the background oh no that's a, that's um, a sneeze wow <laughs> uh, so I'm super interested in that and I'm you know I, I must admit like if I'm going to lose to Glenn and have to pay up a, in a casserole as well I'm like I'm that's the sort of stuff that I'm actually really excited because yeah. it's sort of like trophies of respect rather than of, I don't want to say shame, but you know, yeah, losing no, them. absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, trophies of respect. Yeah, I, I like that a lot too. And so, like, yeah. I like if, if the if the punishment videos stay the same, the rest of the you know for the rest of the league going on, then hey, I'm fine with that. But if they start trending more towards the you know, what can I do to my you know my cap you know, my vanquisher? vanquisher? Yeah. Um, then I, I I'd be even more excited. Yes. Um. So, but with that said, um, I don't know if I've laughed as much um at a punishment video as when Pete took a big t- teaspoonful of wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, That's probably my highlight of, sure. of the punishment videos for probably nearly four or five years now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what a sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say, like, I, I think I've said this plenty of times before, but I love this league. I love how, how well, like, there are people who have had less success than others, but the yep. spirit with which they embrace the league and trying to do best for their teams and then also embracing their punishment videos um, is, it, I just really super, like, I, I really respect that. I enjoy that. And I, th- I just think the league is just such a richer, you know, such a richer environment for it oh yeah it's all about the interaction i think and and the you know just kind of the relationships that we build and and forge out of the that competition but also the punishments or you know tribute or or whatever right because like you could be playing against bots and it wouldn't be nearly as fun even if you know everybody's ai were making exactly the same moves it's all about it's all about the uh, interaction, you know? Yeah, and, and there can only only be one winner, right? And that's likely going to be you or Drew or Colin, you know? Like st- <laughs> oh, it's not me this year, my friend. <laughs> st- st- statistics say that it's going to be one of those three people. So, um, 
if that's the case, then like the, the rest of us here are here for a good time, and especially in 2020, where the year's been such a you know a rough one. Oh yeah, it'd be great if we could uh, you know sort of raise the game punishment wise, you know, just sort of again with those to make people you know enjoy themselves, and so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've kind of gone through some of the some of the questions that I prepared. Uh, you know, are there anything anything that's coming to your mind? Any questions? Any any topics you want to talk about? I just wanted. Well, you've said a couple of times now. I think on the podcast, um, more so than in the chat, that you like the the four bench spots, the four transactions a week. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, oh. Mm, I like the four bench spots. <laughs> I don't like the four transactions. I've never liked a transaction limit. And that's because I think typically I'm somebody who flip-flops a lot or tries to stream maybe one too many positions in a week, um, whether that's tight end, quarterback, or whatever. And, like, for instance, I've used all four moves that I have this week. Um, I, I but think- I think the four bench spots are fantastic. Moving from five to four is just – it's an upgrade to the quality of the player that's on the waiver wire each week. Um, people aren't hanging on to people too long because they, they can't. And it also just means, you know, there's more competition for those better players. I think we have better and more activity on the waiver wire each week than we have had in the past few seasons. I mean, this is a, a much more interesting season because of that, I think. I agree. And um, I, again, I think it's there's going to be people who are annoyed that they can't keep DeAndre Swift or... Um, oh, had, it's super annoying. Yeah, I, I, I had <laughs> to cut Leonard Fournette, who, you know, I knew that he was going to come right. I had to put a bid in the next week to try and get him back. Yep. But then yep. someone who had a, had a spare transaction was able to pick him up on the Sunday. And so mm. it makes it more cutthroat, I think. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I think that... I, I'm not sure whether or not every, everybody else feels the same way, but my inclination is... Like if it was my my sole decision next year, I'd probably actually keep the the IR spots and keep the keep the rosters as they are. But yeah, with that said, we may still be dealing with the COVID nineteen next year, so like we may just default yeah. to it. But yeah, it could be. You know, this is uh, I've never played in a, in another fantasy football league, so I've never dealt with IR spots before. I think it's it's real IR spots before. Um, I, I think it's really interesting, you know, when you can hang on to someone, because the league, uh, the Yahoo league that we play in is very specific. You know, someone can be injured and known to be out, but still not be IRable until that formal declar- declaration is made. And so, you know, it really changes how you follow the injury news and, and you know, kind of who you can pick up and when. Yeah, and so that's been super challenging for me this year because I have had Michael Thomas missed the got injured in oh, week yeah. one. I traded for him yep. thinking, hey, look, this might be two weeks. Immediately yes. you know, it was three and then it turned and then it turned into another two two weeks with a hamstring, then he punched a teammate. And so um, yep. <laughs> had I had like another injury uh, another slot there, I would have been able to or had he been transferred to IR, I would have been able to um to, to fill his slot, but I ended up carrying basically two dead bench spots for the first month, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate because I, that's when I actually got four of my five wins. But um, yeah, Russell Wilson going just hamburger all over the field was, you know, part of it. it but, that was yeah. a, a huge part of it. <laughs> um, so it's, I actually found it a really challenging part of the process. But with that said, I've not had any season in, ending injuries. Um, and so yeah. looking at looking at the guys down the bottom, like John and Pete, I mean, mm-hmm. Pete's team has just never really been healthy, you know, and 
Yeah, I, I can yeah. imagine how that would be a frustrating thing for if if you weren't in the you know in the middle of the pack or above. Like I wonder whether yes. or not it just does in the long run advantage the top uh, the, the the top teams. Listen, I'm in the I'm in the bottom half and I haven't had any bad injuries either. Um, so I mean, part of it is is also just how you know the gambles that you take uh, on maybe some of those later draft positions and whether or not they pay off. Um, you know, because I I think a lot of people, Drew included, but have you know have bet the right way on uh, on some of those folks who've who've really emerged. I'm thinking of Scott and Justin Jefferson, um, you know, and that was a, a fantastic pickup. That's really that's got him a couple wins that he wouldn't have otherwise this this season. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's not just the first rounders, although certainly they help when when your first rounder not only stays healthy but then produces how you expect they're going to produce oh certainly <laughs> i always feel like you know uh, you got to be there there's an element of luck and there's an element of skill at fantasy football and it's it's the skill is just sort of managing the luck portion yeah i mean i, I kind of look at it and when you when you're talking about that that balance of skill and and luck um i was used to work for a guy who was mad keen golfer and he used to say look it this you know the skill is getting it three feet from the hole the luck yeah. is getting it into the you know get, getting the shot into the or, or within a foot of the hole depending on where you're hitting from you know and the luck sure. is what which break it takes when it gets there yeah and so there's very much an element of that i think in fantasy football i feel like we've covered a lot any any parting thoughts any any sort of thoughts on the season overall or or the for outlook for your team going ahead you still feel like you're going to win this darn league I think it's possible, but I think it's unlikely. Um, I don't, oh, I don't want to hear that. I Come on. I think the variance on my team is just too great. Um, but I think that uh, the high end, like if everybody's team plays the best that they possibly could, I think that my team probably has the, the highest ceiling. Okay. Um, but I, for some reason, they just, it's, just, it's just not clicking this year. It is what it is. Um, and... <laughs> With that, with that said, though, um, the thing that's the last thought that I sort of had that I thought about on the way to, to, to talk to you today was yeah, the, on your commute in. Yes, yeah. my commute down <laughs> to the basement. Um, the most important position I think this year has been actually defense. Like if you've got a, D, a DST who is scoring consistently and you can plug and play, yeah, then I think you're that's half the battle because. I, I know you tend to stream defenses. I stream defenses. Like those those three or four teams who can just plug in uh, a Pittsburgh. So who are those defenses this year? Pittsburgh, P- Pittsburgh maybe Tampa. Uh, Tampa. Uh, Chicago has been pretty good for the first half of the year. Oh, yeah, they yeah. have been good. Um, Indi- yeah. Indianapolis, though their yep. run home is, is rough. So like I think that that's just made such a huge difference because um, – the waiver wire, like there's the scoring is up, and for some reason, defenses are either like they're feast or famine. Like, there's no consistent eight, nine, ten point defenses this year, they're yeah. either negative one or they are like 18. And so, that for whether that's a COVID thing or whether or not that's a NFL thing, in, in terms of this is the way that the, the league is heading, is, is hard for me to pass out right now. 
Yeah. Well, we have seen some pretty record numbers or close to record numbers with passing yards uh, for various quarterbacks. Um, you know, it feels like uh, it's an offense explosion this year. So maybe it's just about uh, scheduling, frankly, and, and, you know, the teams that, well, no, it's not um, scheduling. Indianapolis, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I mean, those are all those are going to be good D's no matter who they play. But, you know, the it does feel more uneven because of, you know, some of those people t- setting those huge numbers, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, it's not like there's one that's ruining the game like New England did last year. Yeah. Um, and sort of just looking at the standings, divisionally, like most of the the the, the divisions are relatively competitive across the board. I mean, you get to the AFC West and, I mean, the Chargers have two wins and the Chiefs have eight. The same with the yeah. AFC North. But across the board, generally, like you have it, you have the, what is it, the NFC East, which just completely tanked this yeah, year. But within its own bubble, yeah, it's competitive. Exactly. Right? And you have yeah. to play those two people two, you know, twice this year, you know, twice every year. And so, you know, it, it looks like some of those divisions are actually super competitive and whether they be high scoring teams or low scoring teams, it's kind of makes it hard to, to pick the defense. Yeah. 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 Defense and uh, maybe tight end. I want to say tight ends just been so hard to predict, but it seems to be the difference maker where somebody has a solid tight end that just goes in like, you know, we, we aren't seeing tight end performances where someone's consistently at like, six or seven points you know yeah. it's either feast or fan get a touchdown and yeah exactly yeah and um, I, I must admit like my, Noah Fant is my tight end and he's probably going to be my tight end for the rest of the rest of the journey and he is yeah. consistently either nine points or sorry uh, three points or nine points if he gets a touchdown and honestly I'm fine with that like yeah given the landscape you know I'm not getting donuts like you know like people expected my Jaziki to to have a breakout mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Zach Ertz, like they were getting one or two points, and like I'm, I'm fine with knowing what I'm getting from the tight end position because it's just a wasteland. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. You're smart at this, Matt. I, <laughs> I need to learn from you, <laughs> uh, mate. You have two championships, and I have zero. So um, I, I'd be happy <laughs> if we t- set up a mutually sharing, a mutually beneficial sharing agreement. Okay. <laughs> well, agreed. Um, cool. Well, I think uh, that's probably it for maybe the time that we have. So thanks again, Matt. Always appreciate you being on the show. Oh, it's, and, it's always uh, great to talk to you, mate, whether it's on yeah. the show or not. Yeah, indeed. And best of luck to you. You too, mate. What D-R-A-M-A. Drama. <laughs> right there. Yep, for